Hawks Insiders, home of quality analysis, special features, match recaps, interviews, and so much more. Follow us on Substack for extended coverage of all things brown and gold. Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. Welcome to the Hawks Insiders recap podcast after a shattering out the MCG. I think probably the best way to describe it, Hawthorne. Beaten by point by Richmond, having led by more than five goals in the last quarter. So this is as disappointing a day as it gets. It's just the two of us tonight. We are down a few soldiers. Uh, Andrew Weiss, hello. Uh, yeah, g'day, Ash. I think that sums it up pretty well. You try and put it into perspective and what it means from a season point of view. But at the end of the day, uh, that feeling was back walking out of the ground, knowing that you should have won and just bitterly, bitterly disappointed. What was your, uh, what was your primary emotion as you trudged your way to uh, either the station or wherever your car was? Uh, parked in the back streets of Richmond. And I mean, Ethan, Ethan had Ethan with me and he was very, um, you know, he's, he's on the journey. He's on the long-term journey. So he was the one trying to play it down. But, um, you know, I just kept thinking about the Luke Bruce shot at goal. Uh, and uh, if if Damo wants to learn what uh, actually what sliding doors means, there it was. Like, that was the moment. Um, so, you know, I was, uh, the thoughts in my head were just seesawing. You're going, oh, yeah, it's really, really disappointed. We should have won. And the whole time, I mean, I said at halftime, at three-quarter time, 100 points. We need 100 points. And even at three-quarter time, I said one goal, one point, we win this game of footy. Like one goal will just be enough. Um, But then, again, it's sort of tempered by the fact that you go for three-quarters of footy. We played some you know, a really good brand, a really good style, and it augurs well for the future. But but I think that disappointment overrides it today. Yeah, I'm angry. As far as angry as I've been the footy watching Hawthorne for a while because the game was everywhere. And it wasn't just the missed shot of goal. It was uh, a lot of little things in the last quarter uh, that sort of blew it apart. I put on Twitter that uh, I thought Richmond's leaders were magnificent in the last quarter and Hawthorne, with the exception of Sicily, had none, and uh, that's very disappointing. That'll come. That, that's a byproduct of the uh, demogra- demographics of the team as much as anything else. Uh, so Hawthorne, it was, was three seventy-eight disposals to the Tigers, three five-nine to the Hawks. Uh, Hawthorne had one hundred sixty-one handballs to one forty-six disposal, uh, fifty-one inside fifties to Richmond, fifty-five to the Hawks. Disposal efficiency, 73%. Tigers, 72%. Hawks, efficiency inside 50. This tells the tale a bit. Richmond, 57%. Hawthorne, 38 We'll discuss the forward line as we get to the players. Free kick, 16-14. They have totally destroyed the insufficient uh, uh, insufficient attempt ruling. And I thought Richmond actually really harshly dealt with in that regard today. Hawthorne won the hitouts, 42-39. Clearances of Hawthorne, 40-37. Centre clearances, 19 to 10. Some of Hawthorne's centre clearance work today was sublime. Stoppage clearances, 27-21. Um, Tigers had 14 more contested possessions, 142 to 128. 77 turnovers to Hawthorne. 24 to 10 marks inside 50 Richmond's way. No surprise there. Contested marks, 21-11 to Richmond. 
Intercept mark 78 to 69. This is a bit depressing. Hawthorne time in front, 102.58 to 10 minutes 21. Tackles at 73.52. Tackles inside forward, 50.12 to four Richmond's way. It's the side of a team that just knew, knows is a little bit harder, a little bit more experienced, a little bit more composed with some of those statistics. What do you think? Yeah, and I think overall you put into the perspective, what's that? Two games we've lost by two points this season and one by a po- one game by a point. And all three of them, you could lay claims to suggest we had our opportunities to win them. I mean, the flip side is... So 14 points up against the Giants in the last quarter and lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were a goal and something clear of Adelaide two minutes ago and lost. And this one, they were a goal and something ahead with two and a half minutes ago, but they were 30-something points up early in the last quarter. So, But you can, for every single one of those games, if we had won it, you could flip it and talk about how many missed opportunities the opposition had. And before we went on that run in the second quarter today, which was a thing of beauty, you had Cochin miss that you know, play on and miss from 10 metres out, which he did again later on when it was reviewed and hit the post. So, I mean, you could just as easily say that that almost could have broken us. I think that would have put them two or three goals clear early in the third. Um, So swings and roundabouts. But again, I think more this time round, it's that you're 30 plus points up with a quarter to go. Yeah. Um, very so rarely, that's a so bit it's very rare loose situation. I'm looking forward to some stats. Some there'll be some sort of stats that makes this a, a fairly some sort of historic loss. I would have thought. Okay, let's get into the players. As we do, we see we'll start with number two for Hawthorne, Mitch Lewis. 14 disposals, um, ten kicks, seven marks, four tackles, kicked four goals, two. 79% disposal efficiency, seven contested possessions. He had um, four turnovers, one intercept possession. He had uh, 295 metres gained, uh, four tackles, one inside 50. Uh, his kicking, once he got his kicking boots going, he was uh, kicked beautifully today, but uh, he, 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 he lacked help. And in the last quarter, he was just roaming up, getting as far as he could up the ground to get the ball and then once he knew he was getting the ball sort of up close to the wing, you know, there was no hope of anybody getting a mark closer to goal. Yeah, he worked really, really hard up the ground, but I think his performance today was less a reflection of him and he's exactly as you said, you know, we know Cosy kicked four in the reserves. We'll get to DGB. It's more actually about who's helping him as that second big fellow so that he doesn't have to play so high up the ground and he can be closer to goal. Um, Cause you know, when he's 40 or 50 out and has it, he's every chance to score. Um, I thought he did everything that he possibly could today. He was crashing packs. Um, he was, he, he worked hard from um, behind one or two opponents to get into contests, seven marks kicked his four goals. So I thought it was a really good performance by him and gave him a seven and a half. I think it's a pretty fair score. He was two, four goals. I mean, he's four goals. He'd do the math 
kicks out 22 games a year. That's an 88 goal full forward. So he played well today. Number three for Hawthorne, Jai Newcomb, 30 disposals. Again, way skewed towards the handballs. Seven kicks, 23 handballs. Kicked a goal, four marks, two tackles. He had um, 11 contested possessions, five turnover, three intercept possessions, five score involvements, 282 metres gained, uh, six clearances. Four of them were centre clearances. He had two tackles. He had 25 centre bounce attendances. I thought John Newcomb again uh, played. I thought he started well. I thought he was terrific in the second quarter as the Hawks uh, really got going. Like just about everybody, faded badly in the last quarter. I will give him a six and a half. Yeah, I don't think we're going to find many players that uh, have a get a positive score in the last quarter whatsoever. There's one I can think of, maybe two, um, but his his handballing's becoming quite a weapon, isn't it? We said this in the North Review pod. There was one wild handball to nowhere that you shook your head, but he he's from the bottom of the pack finding a player six or seven metres away, releasing them into space. And it's a really good string that he's had, added to his bow. I think it'll be by next year, he's going to be almost an elite player. Jarman Impey, 15 disposals, 12 and three, four marks, five tackles, 73% disposal efficiency. He had four contested possessions, two turnovers, six intercept possessions, uh, a goal, assist, two score involvements. He had uh, 284 metres gained. He had... Five tackles, as we said. Uh, what do you make of his game? Uh, not much, to be honest. I mean, I don't think he had much of an effect on the contest, um, even when the chips were up. Uh, used to, I mean, this season, you know what, he's, he's probably been getting between 20 and 25 touches, uh, taking a couple of really big grabs and uh, being an offensive weapon as well, and uh, it just it wasn't his it wasn't his day. So he's he's two not uh, below average performances from three. Uh, hopefully next week he's back on the right side of that ledger. Um, I gave him a four and a half out of ten. James Warple, 27 disposals, 12 and 15, three marks, four tackles, a goal, uh, 43% defensive half, 57 offensive half, 59% disposal efficiency, 13 contested possessions, six turnovers, two intercept possessions. Uh, he had took three marks, one of them inside 50. He had nine clearances, of which seven were centre clearances. He had 23 centre bounce attendances. He is playing really well at the moment. Um, loved his first, like so many of them, loved his first three quarters. Um, he's breaking packs. He's covering the ground beautifully. He has more confidence, I think, kicking the ball inside 50 than he might have had before. Loved his game. Um, not remark him too harshly for his last quarter when he had, well, he had five disposals last quarter, so that was, uh, wasn't too bad. He didn't go missing like a few of his mates. Excuse me. So on that basis, I will give him a seven and a half. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, 
I uh, I think that's totally fair. There were maybe a couple more instances. Um, I'm not sure if you've got his clangers there, but there were maybe a couple more instances where um, there was some old uh, James Warple disposal of the ball, um, but he tried really, really hard, and obviously we won through the centre, so I think that's a fair mark. James Sicily is the captain of Hawthorne, 28 disposals, 19 and 9, 13 marks, two tackles, 93% defensive half, 13 contested possessions. He had um, two turnovers, 15 intercept possessions, five score involvements, six contested marks. He had um, 373 metres gained. He had, what else did he have? Two tackles, six rebound 50s, Two freeze four, one against four one percenters, um, three kick ins, two kick in play ons. Uh, the captain was terrific today. This was the game when he reminded all Australian selectors that uh, my name's Jabe Sicily and you need to think about me. Yeah, I think it's really after missing a few weeks, put him straight back in the frame of AA selection. It's really hard to consider or to contemplate the long debate at the start of the season as to who should be the captain of this football club. Like that was as good a captain's performance as you could ask for. Except for the 50 metre penalty he gave away. Uh, He gave away the 50 metre penalty, but do we actually know, I mean, that was deep in defensive 50, right? So, and do we actually know what it was for? I don't a hundred percent know. Yeah, that it was a bit, a bit of gobbing off. There's a suggestion on the message boards that oh. a bit of gobbing off. His performance. It wasn't a free kick. I mean, it was a throw. It shouldn't have been a free. Uh, it shouldn't have been a free. The incredible thing with Sis was, he, I mean, I, I talked about how there's probably only one, maybe two guys you could give decent marks to for the oh, last, last quarter. quarter. Oh, he took some incredible marks when we needed when we needed them. And if there's one player that was saying, like, jump on my back and I'll carry us to to win this game, it was him. They like, they because Richard started coming hard at Hawthorne, then for about 10 minutes they stopped scoring and Hawthorne looked like they were doing enough to save the game. And in that 10 minutes, Sicily was magnificent. Magnificent. So he had 28 touches at 92% disposal efficiency. And Hardwick, I think after quarter time, took most of the kick-ins. So it was it was an amazing performance. He was, for me, clearly the best player on the ground. Uh, and I gave him a nine. I gave uh, him a nine out of 10. Yeah, yeah, it was a very good mark. We're joined by Darren Levine, um, who's joined us, joining us in progress. Hello, Daz. Hey, guys. Just um, enjoyed that that last last couple of minutes of CIS ranking. So just sat back and enjoyed that. It was great. Before we resume, I just want to get your, I asked Weesey this and I gave my answer. What was your over, I don't know if you, were you at the game today? No, I wasn't at the game. Junior sports clash. Right. Your overriding emotion as you watched the game and then after the, after the final sign, the first couple of minutes, what was your primary emotion? I thought we were in with a with a chance, um, but I I was I was pretty flat after the game. Um, would have been a lot flatter at the ground because I know how insufferable those Richmond supporters are. So 
was kind of happy in a way to be watching that from the safety of home. But um, yeah, I f- they're actually I felt- pretty good where I was today. I think they sort of realised the era's over. They were just delighted to win. It wasn't uh, there was wasn't a lot of haughty, a lot of arrogance that we've seen from the last few years. They they were they were scared shitless today, Richmond. But Hawthorne, if nothing else, put their complete frighteners up them. Yeah, and and look, I think it was um it was telling that their their senior players are the ones that got them over the line and. I think we lacked that sort of leadership or someone to take a mark there to slow down the play in the in, in the last quarter. So, yeah, I think their experience was pretty telling in the end, but it was clearly one team on the way up and the other on the way down. Now, do you want to rank with on the spot? Did you see the game enough to rank or you just want to take part in the conversation? Oh, no, I, I saw the whole game. Saw the whole game. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, all right. And uh, so uh, it's just really uh, perfect timing that he comes in for us <laughs> to discuss Ned Reeves. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Ned Reeves had nine disposals, three kicks, six handballs, one mark. He's down to one mark for the game, three tackles, did not score, eight contested possessions. Um, he had um, one turnover. He had four score involvements. He had 15 metres gained. Um, he had four clearances. One set of three stoppage, three tackles. He had sixty. He had twenty-five set of bounce attempts, seventy-nine ruck contests. Uh that's it's a, a nice start for you to talk about um, Ned Reese. Yeah, well, I'm pro- probably not going to say what everyone thinks I'm going to say about Ned Reese's game because I actually thought he was. Um, was a, a very significant part in our center clearance dominance. And I think his third quarter, I think he actually had a, a, a really big influence on that third quarter and some of his tap work. We talk about a lot how his tap work is really sublime and he's not doing enough around the grounds. I, it was the kind of game that I watched and I thought, you know what, if he's t- if he's tapping the ball like that down the throat of, Warpool and Jai, then maybe he doesn't need to do as much around the ground. But then that last quarter is really when you needed Ned Reeves to to be a Ben McAvoy type and take that mark down the line and take the pressure off and take the heat off. And I think there was a mark that he dropped there in that like, very, very gettable contested mark that he dropped in that um in the last quarter. And and that's when you think, oh, you know. Maybe it's not enough to just be an exceptional tap ruckman. So, yeah, it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a five because I think he actually did did contribute, and I think, as I said, the center clearance dominance Reeves definitely had a had a part in. And he won't play next week. And he won't play next week. And I I think he probably I think they they're thinking that that Reeves is is the one and they're prepared to to just deal with his lack of I guess contribution around the grounds um if he's feeding the mid the midfield in that way. Where is he? Uh I feel like I mean obviously it looks like he'll get that week and and Meek dominated at Box Hill today, so it'll be a really good to see him have a full game rucking. Didn't but... so my mate who watched it said he was hopeless. So oh, I thought he uh did pretty well from what I saw, but maybe um maybe that's not the case. And his stats look pretty good too. So right. but but regardless, you know what? In that last quarter, 
we were so well set up a lot of the time and there was always one free player at the at the at the contest at every ball up around the ground and you just kept like I, I don't know I was watching it just saying he's right there like this is it this is the one just hit it down his throat so we can get a clearance and if he's not doing all the stuff we want from him around the grounds like that was it it was his moment to hit it down someone's throat to get that clearance and go you know what well it's enough if you can do that when it matters Darren Frost, 14 disposals, 3 and 11, 4 marks, did not score, uh, 67% offensive, defensive half, 7 contested possessions. He had uh, 3 turnovers, 8 intercept possessions. He had 3 score involvements. He took uh, 1 contested, 3 uncontested marks, 101 metres gained. He had 5 one percenters. He had... Um, he had seven centre bounce attendances, 15 ruck contests all up. Um, certainly, I think clear instruction, he's been told to do less with the ball. But there are a couple of times today when he had the ball, uh, one shocking turnover at one stage was like a comedy of errors for about a minute, both sides, and he had the chance to do something constructive with the ball. He turned it over. Um, but I thought he was okay today. Please. And he kicked it. That was the issue. Like you noted it a few weeks ago, Ash, there's clearly an instruction when he's got to, to handball it to someone. He's had, what, 14 touches for 11 handballs. I think he had seven last week for six. Um, I actually thought he was pretty good today. And in the ruck, we counted of the first nine goals that Richmond kicked, Sorry, sorry, let me flip that. The first nine goals that we kicked, five of them were when Reeves was off the ground being rested and Frost was in the ruck. Like he went on, uh, um, like there were a, a couple of periods where we went on runs and it was with him in the ruck um, and he made a really, really good difference. So I can see um, the one ruck solution being in place for the rest of the year. more than happy for him to be in the ruck i gave him a six i thought he tried really hard captain carl amon that's a throwback to captain carl van est from the old eon fm days darren if you remember that um i do not i do not remember that <laughs> sorry d7 disposals <laughs> 19 and 8 seven marks one tackle did not score this time, uh, 85% disposal efficiency, five contested possessions, nine turnovers, six intercept possessions. Um, he had 720 metres gained. He had uh, 10 rebound 50s, five inside 50s. Um, the turnovers is a problem, but I think he's in pretty good form, Darren. Yeah, he's in great form. And I think he's if you I think he's had fifteen hundred meters gained over the past two weeks. I think he had eight hundred or something last week. So um he's doing what he needs to do. He spreads the ball beautifully. Um, you know, I I listened in to to the spaces and it was an interesting debate going on around whether you know, whether we needed to be paying $700,000 to a player like Carl Amon, 
at this stage of our rebuild. And that's the kind of game where you're like, oh, you know, that's that that feels like um, the reason the the reason that we got him in. So I'm definitely on in, in you know with Prinzi and Camp Camp Carl, but um, and that was just another game that that to me proved why he's such an asset to us on that wing. Go ranking for him. Um, I'm going to give him a seven and a half. Potter Nash, 18 disposals, 10 and 8, three marks, three tackles, did not score. He had 83% disposal efficiency, eight contested possessions. He had four turnovers, one intercept possession. He had one goal and six, one goal assist, six score involvements, 102 uh, minutes on the ground. So he's he's working hard. 312 meters gained, seven clearances, four center clearances. Um, he had seven inside 50s, 22 centre bounce attendances. Um, my query with Connor Nash was, there's all sorts of theories on the interwebs this evening that he was playing under duress. He was ill. One ridiculous room that he has appendix out overnight and didn't have it with an anaesthetic because he, because then he would have failed a, a drug test. There's some people on this Particular message board I subscribe to that are totally and utterly in love with Connor Nash, and uh, they'll have him curing the Middle East and uh, find a cure for uh, cancer before too long. My issue with Connor Nash was he was involved in one of the pivotal stages of the game where he and Will Day, uh, marking episode very late in the game, Will Day should have taken the mark, but he's punched the ball away, and Nash sort of was involved in all that. And if Will Day had been cleared to mark the ball on his own, Hawthorne wins the game. So I'm marking the poor decision-making that played Hawthorne last quarter, Nash was part of. So, Weesey, as you come up with your marking, just bear that in your rating, bear that in mind. Yeah, no doubt this had uh, similar feels in terms of the contest to that, Sicily on Reeves last week. He's the player behind Will Day and he's got the vision in front of him. So whilst Day still should have taken the mark, there's no need to make any contact with him whatsoever. And I agree. I agree completely with you. Will Day, um, Will Day should have been able to or should have taken the mark. So look, he had a really... Um, poor game by his standards, Connor Nash. Um, the first half, he was very, very quiet and seemed to get into it a bit more in the second half. And some of those some of those key figures are enough to get him a pass when you compare to, to a lot of other players. Seven clearances, seven inside, 56 score involvements. Um, but uh, it was probably one of his... Um, quieter games for the year. I gave him a five. Will Day, 18 disposals, 12 and six, five marks, four tackles, 64% offensive half, which is interesting for him, 89% disposal efficiency, uh, three contested possessions, um, four turnovers, two intercept possessions. He had four score involvements. He took, as I said, he took five marks, 496 metres gained, Eight inside 50s, three rebound 50s, 19 centre bounce attendances. 
did some beautiful things with the football. Should have taken that mark at the end. I think when Hawthorne had to uh, win the game at the end, he might have gone forward at the last last um, last goal. He's certainly playing back a bit when the game when they're under siege in the last quarter. He, he certainly went back for a while. Uh, he is he plays now like he knows. He's, if not the best player in the team, he's the second best player in the team. And he knows it now. And I think he's given been given license by the coach to go and affect the game where you think you can in important stages. Um, Daz? Yeah, that's it. He he went back when they needed his poise behind the ball and then he went forward when they needed a goal. So that just shows how pivotal he is to this team. Um, whether that was a decision that he made himself or whether it's a decision that Sam made, it just shows how important he is to to the team. And I thought he could have been the the game winner there, as you said, uh, probably should have taken that mark, but still affected the spoil and still was involved in, in some very cr- crucial passages of play towards the end. Uh, I think it was a pretty, probably is quite one of his quieter games for the year. Didn't really notice him that much um, in the first half. Did did good things with the ball when he had it, but um, yeah, it was it was pretty much the giant warp show for for most most of that game in the midfield. Um, and it was yeah probably one of his more quiet games for the year. So I'm going to give him a six, and I didn't think it was a spectacular game from him. Dylan Moore, sixteen disposals, nine and seven, four marks, four tackles, a goal. Um, he had uh, six contested possessions, 75% disposal efficiency. He had two turnovers. He went, um, he had five score involvements. He had 232 meters gained. He had two clearances, both of them were stoppage clearances. He had four tackles, did not figure in the center bounce at any particular stage of the game. Um, he's had a better few weeks. We see, but I think this is probably back to the Dylan Moore who was struggling a little bit for the first half of the year. Yeah, this is another one of those performances where you just thought, what you know, that there there are the shades of what's actually happened to him compared to last season, and potentially a player who, um, from an output point of view, has taken a step backwards. Um, the goal that he kicked was magnificent we were back to the classic dylan moore snap from 40 uh, or 35 um and that was good with the celebrations as well but really struggled to impact um the game and actually had a couple of moments especially late where he fumbled that you just needed someone to be clean and pick it up so i've given him a five and a half uh and that half is for the goal. You love him. <laughs> it's for the goal and the celebration. Jack Strimshaw, 13 disposals, eight and five, six marks, three tackles, 79% defensive half. He did get thrown forward for a while when uh, they tried him as the first, as the first hit up forward when DGB went off, uh, was subbed out of the game. He had um, three contested possessions, three turnovers, three intercept possessions, Four score involvements. He had um, 209 metres gained. Um, after a really good game last week against North, D 
Daz, probably a step back for Scrimmer this afternoon. Yeah, and, and that's it. I think he st- struggled to find that level of consistency this year. Um, I really thought that was the jack of old last week against North. And he did some nice things. I think there was a, a, a two-on-one that he won there in the third quarter. Um, you know, for swinging him forward, I don't, I don't think he had much of an impact there. Um, and I don't know if that was a symptom of, you know, DGB going out and us needing needing that other tall or just Jack not getting enough of the footy or impacting the game enough in the back line. So could have been both. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I think he keeps his place and I think he's just got to play out the year in the right way and get back to the Jack Scrimshaw that we love um, and we know and love. So yeah, it's going to be a five for me for Jack. Blake Hardwick. He had 15 disposals, 11 for two marks and a tackle. He was 87% disposal efficiency, two contested possessions, five turnovers, four intercept possessions, one score involvement, 482 metres gained. Um, he had five rebound 50s. He had five kick-ins, three play-on kick-ins. Uh, not Dusty for a little while, but Dusty went forward. Um what do you think of his game, Wesley? Well, I think one of the issues is probably that uh, Dusty was maybe the difference uh, in some of the big moments. He really lifted Dusty and what did he have? 25-odd uh, possessions and a couple of goals. So um, you take away his kick-ins as well and he's had a dozen possessions. Um so, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't know, do either of you guys, was there anything that I missed potentially? I, I just don't think he had much of a game. No, I don't think he played particularly well. Yeah. So, um, happy to give him a four and a half and, and move on to someone very special. Chad Wingard had seven disposals, 12 and five. Four marks, two tackles, kick three goals, one, 85% offensive half, 59% disposal efficiency, four contested possessions, three turnovers, four, a two goal assist, nine score involvements, 298 metres gained, uh, five inside 50s, one rebound 50s. But I want to break it down a little bit before we continue with it. He had, so he had 10 touches in the first quarter, then six. He had one possession after half time. So let's talk about how brilliant his first half was, which was the chat of old. He was tracking towards, well, his first half was the best half his football he's played for Hawthorne in four years, four, whatever it's four and a half years, five years. His second half was quiet. He had a few mates in that regard. I suspect he used most of his petrol tickets. But this is a discussion of the week, and let's just talk for a couple of minutes about the Chad starting with you, Daz. Yeah, well, certainly a tale of two halves, and I don't think it was really his. And the ball was the ball wasn't really being played anywhere near our forward line in that second half, and I think I think you know maybe he could have worked a bit harder to get up there and put pressure on, and um, you know I did see him sniffing around the ball. A, a few times, and I think he laid a tackle in that four, fourth quarter. I think he. It was I his think only stat for the last quarter. 
That's it. I, I think you hit the nail on the head though, Ash. I think he did run out of petrol tickets. And when you attack the footy and you come out of the blocks like that, um, when you haven't really had, you know, we say this every year, he hasn't had a proper preseason. He's, you know, he's, he's always a bit sort of underdone. Um, I think it's pretty easy to, to run out of gas, but God, that first half was just electric. And, you know, does he get an extra year? Um, You know, he's playing for his career at Hawthorne, that's for sure. And he's approached it with the right attitude. Um, You know, I said he was too proud and too good to go back to Box Hill, but he did that and he did all the right things and he's earned his place back in this team now through, through good fortune. But he's, he's, he's really showing that he he wants to he either wants to move to another club or he, or he he feels like he he's still got a lot to give so you know i i, I want to focus on that first half and i th- i think it was a a magic first half and i hope he I hope he ends the season on a good note well i'll make the, the i'll wait till the end of the year to make the decision uh, sam mitchell did say at the post match press conference that wingard was sore during the week and the coach said to him, listen, take a week off and come back next week because they just really want to put him in. You know, they're just treating him with kick gloves in a way. And Wingard said, well, let's see how I train. And trained really well Thursday as they picked him. So if he played a bit sore, a bit hurt, well, then all credit to him because his first half was scintillating. That may be a reason for the second half fade out. But God, it was entertaining when he was playing well. What Wasn't it, was he? Yeah, and... Every, I mean, it wasn't just the goals. Every goal we were kicking, he had an involvement in. So I think in that first half, there was one shocking kick. He had one stinker of a kick that went, you know, he he was trying to kick it 50 metres to an unmarked player and he kicked it about 25 straight to an opponent. And he had that snap that hit the post. But outside of that, he was on fire. And I think... You know, this is a spaces conversation, but it's a fascinating watch. Like if Hawthorne come to him and say, we'll give you a year for 350, half of your 700 that you're on now, is he is he going to be comfortable enough with that? Is he going to be comfortable staying at Hawthorne? Is there another team that will give him two years and give him the, um, the security and and depending on what state that's in, is that enough to get him to up and go? Um, so we'll, we'll continue this conversation on uh, on Wednesday night, I think, because it's a uh, fascinating. It's watch. A really, it's become one of the most interesting conversations. Hall. Did you give a score uh, a ranking, Des? Oh, I'm going to give him a, a seven because just you know that first half was was incredible, and um, you know it didn't finish the game off, but yeah. That was the best best game in a long time yeah. I've seen from him. Yeah, a few mates. Luke Bruce, nine disposals, eight and one, three marks, two tackles, two goals, two um, 44% disposal efficiency, five contested possessions, two turnovers. He had four score involvements. He took three marks, all uncontested, one mark inside 50, 257 metres gained. Um, when he missed that shot in the last quarter, which I actually looked away. Was it a left foot kick? Left foot snap he played foot on snap. quickly. Um, he came from the ground 
after that and he slapped his thigh with disappointment and as I put this in observations which will appear next to he knew he knew that he'd missed the shot that absolutely would have put the game to to bed um, and the Tigers are on, on life support at that time and he's missed gave them that little bit of oxygen that they needed he, he's played enough footy to know that that was a really critical miss and I, he I would like to, even though in the result of the game, it doesn't mean a whole lot for them. I mean, we've got to put that in context as well. The 16th and the ladder, and they're not going higher, they're not going lower. But I would like to think he cares enough that he's having this. As we record this podcast quite late on Saturday night, he's having a lot of trouble getting to sleep. He will be thinking about and replaying that moment through his head over and over again because it was a. Uh... An absolute, what are you thinking? Not just shaving time, but what was he about 30 metres out, slide angle, you back him just to go back and slot it. And that is absolutely one of the moments. There are a couple for Brocky. You know those moments as a forward where you know they're not going to have massive days and you just go, "This this is it. Like this is what you're here for today. This is your role in the team. And he just had to go back and slot it. And, I mean, you want players to play on on instinct. um, And I I don't know. I just feel like he should have known better. He should have gone back. He should have slotted it. And we wouldn't be, uh, we wouldn't have been walking away so disappointed. Um, And I'm not going to preempt anything, but he might just be our falling star for the week. But uh, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to give him a four out of 10. He really needed to kick that goal. He needed to kick the goal. He's got to be harshly marked for that. Okay. Denver Granger Barras did not have a stat. And we will leave playing primarily out of the forward line. We'll leave it that. Daz. Oh, uh, you know, in, in a way, I'm happy I have this, but also I don't know what to say about a game where I've never, I, I don't think in the history of us doing this, anyone's ever had zero for every single stat line. Um, he had one moment where he crashed a pack and it, in a, you know, sort of led to a goal. And you could say maybe that was, that was a, positive involved in you know involvement in the game but that's just one of the the worst games of footy i've seen anyone play in brown and gold i'm being honest he just was nowhere as a total ghost and it's you know i don't know if it's his fault because he's not a forward he was not drafted as a forward but i just don't want to see him as a forward again i just want to see him playing the rest of the year in box hill in the position he was drafted in and then make an assessment um, at the end of the year because what get Cozzy back in? Well, we've got a couple of options. Apparently, the boy Ryan played yeah, well, well, Cozzy for Box Hill. Yeah. So got Ryan a had a Ryan had a decent game. Cozzy had a, a really four, yeah. really good game. And Mitch Lewis, as I've said all along, plays a lot better with Cozzy in the side. Well, he so, plays better with a deep, with a functioning second key forward inside, whether it's Lewis, it's Cozzy, whoever, but. He, what they did not have today was a functioning second key forward. So a uh, quick ranking, we'll move on. Uh, zero. Zero. Uh, 
You want? Yes. Oh, it's hard to argue. That could actually, <laughs> that could be the worst score in the history of Hawks Insiders. Well, is that, like it is the worst score. Does anyone, does anyone disagree with that score? I mean, you, maybe you'd give him 0. 0.5. I was thinking about this. Give him, him, him 0. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5 for turning up and also affecting that one contest. Yeah, well. What is interesting is we structured up so much better with him playing. I'm not suggesting that. A lot of people are very critical that they took him off the ground. Not suggesting that it contributes to the performance, but absolutely it changed the structure. So um, they were too small in the forward line towards him. We had had Lewis pushing up the ground like in the last quarter. And occasionally they did get the ball forward. They had no tall forwards. Bolter and whoever else were just taking those easy marks and reloading. By the end of the game, each team played a spare down back and it was just it was it was tennis going back and forward back and forward and we just kept kicking out long there's no one there I'm, so. I, I'm surprised they didn't shift him back though before taking him off um but but that obviously was a message or or maybe it was a structural thing I don't know but yeah I, I thought he he could have actually been important in the in the clinches there in the last quarter had he gone back but as a forward the the experiment's got to end josh ward who was in line to come and talk to us if hawthorne had a win um 20 disposals 12 and 8 four marks two tackles he had uh 66 offensive half 75 percent disposal efficiency four contested possessions uh, he had three turnovers five intercept possessions he had Two goal assists, three, oh, sorry, six score involvements. He had 349 meters gained. He had one uh, clearance, which was a stoppage clearance. He had seven center bounce attendances. He had four inside 50s, two rebound 50s. Um, tell me about his game, Weezy. Well, so this one's more about the eye test for me because I really actually liked his game. I liked him playing on the outside. I liked him playing on the wing. Uh, he spent a lot of time running up and down the Shane Warne stand side of the ground. Yeah, um, hardly saw him. I was in the MCC. I hardly saw him on our side of the ground today, actually. Well, so, yeah. Yeah, I was in the AFL members. So he was just running all day um, as a pure wing. And, and I thought he did a pretty good job of it. Like he popped up when he needed to, he was pretty, pretty good using it. I mean, he only had 20 touches in the end, but again, for me is more about the eye test. And I think doing that in front of what were there? 58,000 or 57, something, 57 and a half. Um, I think was again, when you're trying to take positives and say, Oh, it's another experience. I, I really liked him as, as a, a winger, so um, I gave him a six and a half. Thought it was a good game for him. Ned Long, three touches as the sub coming on, sort of midway through the third quarter. He um, 67% disposal efficiency, he had two contested possessions of his three. Not much else to report other than I was a bit disappointed in his game. He's been in such good form for Box Hill, but he just didn't really make an impact on the game when he came on, Daz. Yeah, I agree. I don't really have much more to add to that. And, you know, I think he, um, 
he really deserved his his recall. He's been terrific at Box Hill, but I think he's a raw talent still and he needs time. Um, and he came on in really difficult circumstances as well. So, you know, all you can hope for is that he, he you know, he, he was involved in some contests. He, he contested well, but yeah, it's even hard to rank that, that performance. Where's his best position? They play him all over the place, really. They played him in play him in the ruck. They play him as a third tall. Um, I think it's I think it's the Conor Nash role, to be honest. And there's only, there's only there's one Conor Nash. They've got three players with claiming to be the Conor Nash role: the Nash, Stevens, and uh, and Long. So that's it. Yeah, they've got a bit of shuffling around to do. Um, well, probably give him a ranking as the sub. Um, we'll move on to Conor McDonald. 15 disposals, 8 and 7, 2 marks, uh, 54% defensive half, 67% disposal efficiency, 2 contested possessions, 5 turnovers, 1 intercept possession, um, 99 minutes on the ground, 255 metres gained, 4 inside 50s, um, to 9 of 10 centre bounce. Not that he does it very often. Lucy? Yeah, look, uh, his last four or five weeks have been absolutely exceptional and he's been growing. And this was um, one of those games where he really, um, I mean, he was missing early. We didn't see much of him in the first quarter, let alone the first half. Um, And he really, uh, I, I think I remember one really, really good pass to a lead inside 50 um, and outside of that, barely impacted the contest. I think they put a bit of work into him. And also, it was one stage last quarter, he got the ball out and uh, did something out of the outer flank, pushed the ball forward. Might have been involved in the Bruce mark, potentially. I can't quite recall. But think, well, he's the last quarter specialist. He's the guy who runs on top of the ground in the last quarter to get the ball into his hands. You know, they can't. Save the game. They've got to win the game still. Get the ball to his hands because he did, does good things in the last quarter, but they didn't quite work out for him. What was your uh, ranking? I've given ranking. him a four and a half. Okay. Finn McGuinness. Um, for those who are playing Finn Lotto, your, the winning entry was Dan Rioli. And so Finn McGuinness had, uh, had eight disposals. Uh, he had 87% offensive half, 25% disposal efficiency, five contested possessions. He had he kicked a goal, um, 82 meters gained. Pretty much just played on a played on Rioli or played on the wing when Rioli wasn't on the ground. So, um, Daz, has how did Finn go? He must be. Absolutely wrecked because I was watching Rioli and the, the way that he was breaking the tag was just pure running. It was just running and I think he had the most sprints on the ground, uh, Rioli as well. So Finn must be absolutely knackered. Uh, Rioli had 20 touches, which is probably the best anyone's done on Finn in a, in a, in a long time. And you could really he notice had, he had 20 touches, Rioli. Yeah. Oh, he played well uh well you know and he was probably the difference there in that that last quarter i don't know how he kept running 
but uh, his run his run off half back Rioli in that last quarter um, was was a big moment, momentum shifter. So um, Finn did all right. <laughs> Struggles with the ball in hand. Um, missed a couple of targets. Just missed a couple. Yeah, just simple cu- hand balls. Just missing targets. And that's and that's you know that's when you you kind of worry about the future. A little bit, um, you know. As a pure tagger, we know we know how good he is, and it was a really good goal as well. But um, yeah, oh, Weesey, you want to interject? It's interesting. So, like, um, Rioli's last three weeks, he's gone for six possessions, eighteen possessions, and eighteen possessions. And you look at what Dusty did, and it just makes you wonder. I mean. I think on Thursday we identified Taranto on the ball, Dusty off the ball, or Bolton off the ball as being the guys that we would just have to nullify and going straight to Rioli and sitting on him all game, given the form that Rioli's been in. Uh, yeah, just a, a bit of a question mark for mine. I have Rioli in Finlotto. It was the right matchup, I think. I think I think it was a hard matchup for Finn, though, because I think athletically, Rioli he just couldn't keep up with Rioli's pace, um, and 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 you could tell Richmond were a way better team when Rioli was off the leash. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a four and a half. You'll get Jack Sinclair next week, you think? And then the big one in two weeks' time will be uh, young Dacos. Tyler Brockman wears number 33 for Hawthorne, 11 disposal, four kicks, seven handballs, three marks, three tackles, kicked two goals, 70% offensive half, 73% disposal efficiency, five contested possessions, two turnovers, two intercept possessions, uh, four scoring involvements, he had 174 meters gained. What they don't have with these stats is urgency, because he played with zero. I, I mean, I know he got on the end of a couple, kicked a couple of goals. He bit of a kick. I just thought he, I thought he was a, had a poor game today, Brockman. I just thought there was a lack of urgency about his game that disappointed me. And uh, he didn't a couple of contests. He didn't attack hard at all. And I thought he got away with, I mean, the two goals who end up being as a small four, two goals, he, he'd say, well, he did his job, but no, nah, not for me. I'm interested where everyone shares that opinion. Well, I think you should be the one to rate him for, for this, Ash, before we go. What rating do you give him? I give him a four. Yeah, I think, you know what? Actually, his his figures line up next to Brewsties and... You're right, he did kick those goals, but you just kind of want a little bit more. Like there wasn't tackling pressure. Um, you just want a little bit more, but it was also enough should he decide not to stay to be, you know, enough of a performance to p- potentially have him in, in the shop front window showing how good he could be uh, and potentially raising his... Uh, his uh, trade, uh, his his trade value, but I like him, and I'm very partial parents of twins. 
Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> As you are. Yeah. But no, I just disappointed him today. He, there were a few little things you did off, you know, like he had a, a really good smother in the first quarter and, you know, and, and I think he, the laconic way he gets around the ground makes it look like he's lazy, but he actually, he, he, his, his big metric of success for a game is pressure acts. That's, that's the one that he cares about. And that's the one that he, he, he kind of strives for. So uh, yeah, I agree that he wasn't his, his, his normal sort of self. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, but, but he does, he does a lot of, lot of little things. And I think I'd, I mean, I really want him to stay. I think it'd be, I'd, I'd be pretty, pretty upset if he went back home. Josh Weddle uh, had seven disposals, six and 11, four marks and a tackle. He has 78% defensive half. He, um, 11, he had 10 contested possessions, eight uncontested possessions, five turnovers, five intercept possessions, two score involvements. All his marks were uncontested, 131 metres gained. That is a key figure for him. Um, two clearances, one centre clearance. Um, so my thinking with Weddle is he didn't get a lot. Of, they he, he, they didn't give him a lot of space today. You know, we 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 get very excited. I know you all think he's my boy, and I do think he's going to be a wonderful player. But we have visions of him dominating on the MCG, dancing now dancing in front of our eyes, but I just thought today he couldn't quite get going. It's, I think, yeah, I, I think they might've put it. I think they were putting a bit of work into him. I think they knew that he was going to run when he had the footy and they were right on him. Um, and I haven't seen a team give him that much respect. Yeah, didn't have his running lanes going. Mm-hmm. So, so my issue with him today and, and by issue, I mean, if there's anyone that's going to learn something watching back through the vision of today, it's Weddle in terms of he still tried to run and create those lanes when they weren't there. He had players around him and it just wasn't, it wasn't his time to be breaking those pathways forward what he did do though was actually draw players in and there were players free on the outside almost every single time and he ignored them thinking I've got to go or I've got to create something and so I think when he goes back and looks through the tape that'll be the learning experience you don't actually always need to do that it's just as good you know trying to get uh 70 to 80 meters gained from a play as it is finding someone in space 10 meters to your left. Ranking? Rating? I gave him a four. Four. James Mitchell rounded out 15 disposal, 10 and five, five marks, one tackle, 79% defensive half, one contested possession, four turnovers. And I remember all of them because they're all in front of me. Shammy, we love him, um, but not one of his great games. 297 metres gained, three inside 50s, a couple of nice darting runs, but a couple of terrible decisions, or four terrible decisions. All those turnovers, they weren't pressure turnovers. They were just bad decisions with ball in hand or very, or very poor execution. So disappointing for him. I was disappointed with his game today, Daz. 
Yeah, I think that about sums it up. And there there were some incredible line breaking runs in that first quarter. Um, and you know, he he also showed a lot of courage there. Um, I think he went back back with the flight and hurt himself a bit in the third quarter in a contest. And he's a courageous player as well. Um, you know, we we love to talk about his dash. And uh, yeah, a bit of a down game from from Mitchell, but he's becoming a very very important cog in this in this defense. Uh, he's very important to the way that we play, and I can just see him cementing himself in this team now for the for the long term. I said said it to my daughter today. I, I, it's hard to imagine Seamus coming out of the side now, and it's going to be a, quite the conundrum when when CJ's fit. So, well, that's true. He's taken CJ's spot to a large degree. So I uh, said so this, uh, but it was a CJ, CJ's game today because of a dumb turnover. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just a bit, a bit of a disappointing day. Uh, finally, before we go, the coach. One thing I really like is that when Sammy got to the press conference, he actually said. I can't think of the positives right now. And obviously, as it went on, Ash, have you heard the whole press conference? Yeah, I did. I, yeah. I tried to listen to it before we did this. Yeah, so as it went on, I think that the reporters were actually a lot more a lot more upbeat. Um, and I think one of the... Um, one of the reporters actually said, yeah, but you were six goals up to three quarter time and everything that you'd done. And he was like, oh, I guess, you know, I guess that's a positive, but I can't really think about specific positives because it's just about the feeling. Um, and I actually like that he did that because if you listen to Sis's comments post game, he actually said that this is probably one of the worst losses he's ever been part of in terms of how he's feeling. And I think that's really important. I think similarly to we were talking at off the top about how disappointing it was walking out with that feeling, the players actually need to feel that it's part of the learning. So you don't want Mitchell coming in and sugarcoating it by talking about all the good things. No, no, like wallow for 24 hours, right? And this is what it feels like to have a game ripped away from you. So I actually like that from, from Mitch today. It was it was an enlightening press conference. He also said, and this contract with Richmond, apparently Richmond did situational training this week. Hawthorne rarely do it. It's so, so much they're working on that they're actually trying to work out, okay, 10 minutes to go and there were five minutes to go and this, you've, you've got to win the game or you've got to save the game. They don't do a lot of that. But that that's interesting, very, isn't it? Very because big Clarko, Clarko always used to, right? Yeah, and Clarko you... did it when we were a team that was uh, that where you needed that to to well, get into that after, the top four. They, or... they blew a preliminary final and then blew a grand final because yeah. they, they shut the bed in the last few minutes of both of those finals. So this time they they went to San Antonio, and put a shot clock on the top of Waverley and and worked it out before 2013. So they haven't got around to it yet, but Mitchell did say they've got the extra training sessions because of the eight-day break and they may start working on situational, um, situational stuff. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the team was thrown out of whack by DGB going, I know you can get a stat, but 
what he was doing was at least trying to create some sort of contest. But they they weren't going to win the game with five small forwards and Mitch Lewis. They got to get that sorted out. And they made he made his I don't have the cattle, but he's got six weeks now to have it. One more look at Lewis is playing well now. He's got six weeks to go. I would be giving Cozzy a couple of weeks. I'd be giving Ryan, what's his name, Ryan, a couple of weeks before the end of the season as well to see whether he's got it. Um, they've got to shake it. They've got to try a few things for the ball because the midfield is going fine. The back line going, hang, is hanging there reasonably well. The forward line is just hot and cold. They did well in the end to kick 15 goals today, um, given how dysfunctional the forward line was for a lot of the day. Um, Played some great food in the second quarter. It was a slog thereafter in the last quarter. was very disappointing. So I don't think it was one of Sammy's best days at the office. Um, a couple of points before we go. Do you think the sub should be... They've got plenty of players running around Box Hill. I know we sort of don't want to see a whole lot more of Harry Morrison anymore and we're, and we're divided on players like Lockie Bramble, but do you think they're better off the sub being an experienced player? I think the the sub should be someone that can actually add a dynamic element to the game. And you have DGB coming on last week as a sub, and you have Ned Long. They're not they're not people that are going to break the game apart. Bailey McDonald coming off the the bench with his electric pace someone that can offer a, a bit of a different element. And Richmond's I think Richmond was good. Richmond, but David Coulthard, who didn't even have, he was so new, he didn't even have changed a the game. scoreboard. So that, and he changed the game. He actually changed the momentum in that last quarter. He did three things that changed the course of that game. And, you know, when you, you Ned Long's not going to do that. DGB off the bench, not going to do that. But, you know, you look at the subs over the past few weeks, they're not impact players. So, and I think I think the coaching department needs to look at that um, next week. Yeah, um, the choice of sub it's a, it's a strategic sub, so you've got to have a bit of strategy behind it. I think I think there's a bit of hope that Long would come. I think today was for Long, for Long was a reward for good form, but at Box Hill. But I'm not sure that um, I'm not sure he was the right sub under the circumstances today. So I've got to give that a bit of thought. Wacy, any last thoughts? It's just, I mean, it's really difficult because we saw it with DGB. We saw it with Long. They're actually guys you want getting full games in their positions. So that's probably it for me. With the amount of time we've got left in the season, we are finishing 16th. Um, Wins and losses are irrelevant. So I... don't want to go to summer with six losses, though. They don't want to lose your last six. No. And I I mean, based on today, that shouldn't be an issue. You think we're going to be able to win one of those games. And I think next week's very, very winnable. But I just feel like, yeah, that the sub shouldn't be someone that you're giving half a game of game time to that is on the cusp. Those guys should be playing and giving them full game experience. And yet someone like uh, Harry, who's um, who's match ready and body hardened is a, probably a better, better type of person to play that role. That's been our wrap of a 
disappointing. What well, ended up being it was an ex- exhilarating day that turned uh, into a very disappointing day at the MCG. That, uh, but we now put that to bed. So we've done very well. We've done the recap and we've written the recap and we've already done the podcast within a few hours now. Singular next Sunday, that dreaded home game at Marvel that no one likes, but you have to do it once a year and that is, you have to take your medicine once a year and that's the one for Hawthorne. So thank you, uh, Weezy. Thank you, Darren, for joining us in progress. And Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will have a space again Wednesday night with the Matildas still going. So we will uh, – how'd you rate their game? We, you're the – you guys, you're the football experts. I thought they looked terrible. No. It's just, Ireland are a really hard team to break down. Very – you know, it's – it's it's you know, soccer's different when you set up behind the ball like that. And um, I think they had a – I think they changed tactics second half – the Matildas and stopped attacking. And I think that guy made for some nervy moments, but you know, that's, that's just how it is in football. And I think they were in control of that game. And I reckon I'm somewhere in the middle. I watch Sam Kerr play every week and actually the value of her to the team cannot be underplayed. So I don't think it was the greatest game of football or soccer, whatever camp you're in. Um, it wasn't the greatest game to watch, but they did what they needed to do, bank the points, um, a good result in the other group game with Canada drawing. So um, that actually magnified the result and wait to get her back in and, and then see what happens towards the bring, end of the group. To bring stage. it back to football, it was like when Luke Hodge pulled out on the 2012 uh, preliminary final. So, oh, Was he um, that good, Luke Hodge? <laughs> Thanks to everyone for joining us on Hawks Insiders. $5 a month, $50 a year for great Hawthorne content. We will see you all uh, through the week on the spaces. Look out for the recap article for the next few days. Thank you and goodbye. Thanks so much for listening to Hawks Insiders. Head to our Substack for more quality analysis, special features, news, interviews, and so much more. 